Welcome to Live Free Church. We're a church that's passionate about reaching people at all costs. Here you can find all our recent sermons. We are so glad that you joined us today. We want people to live free lives ultimately found in Jesus because we believe that free people, free people. Hey, welcome to Live Free Church. I'm Colby, and I just want to welcome you from wherever you're at. Um, welcome to Live Free Church. Happy New Year. I know that wherever you're at, that last year was, um, I'd say, to say the least difficult. Um, I have a lot of hope for this year. I have a lot of hope that we can actually um, launch a physical service um, to reach people in Kelowna. I have a lot of hope that 2021 will be different than 2020. That as God showed up in 2020, He's going to show up again in 2021. I know for us that when we moved to Kelowna a year and a half ago to start a church up, to plant a church in Kelowna to reach the unchurched, I know that before the pandemic hit, that a year and a half ago when we were, were moving to Kelowna, operating our kids, talking to our church in Salmon Arm, what we're going to do about peop- talking to people all summer about how we're going to move to Kelowna. People kept on saying the same thing over and over and over again all summer, that one summer but a year and a half ago, they said, why Kelowna? Like, isn't there enough churches in Kelowna? As we've planted a church, as we started a church up, as we've built community groups of, you know, a mission of people being together, remind themselves of the gospel. People have said this over and over again. Churches have said this over and over again to us. Is that, why would you start another church in Kelowna? There's enough churches in Kelowna. Isn't there? I guess that, it shows us, it shows me what the passion of the church is, what the passion of Christians really is in this time, in North America, in Canada, in British Columbia, in Kelowna. See, if you think about this just by, like, just statistics, you look at Kelowna as a city, and there's 132,000 people living in Kelowna. And just imagine we say that 32,000 of those people come to church on a Sunday morning or attend a church online right now. That would say there's 100,000 people who are unreached. You see, for us, that when I look at our mission as Live Free Church, I want us to be a church that's always in pursuit of the unchurched. That this message today really is about where, where, where we've been and where we're going as a church. But it really gets to the point of what we're really passionate about as a church. What we're really passionate about is people who don't come in the walls of our church. The 100,000 people in Kelowna that we think are unreached. Someone asked me just recently when, you know, in, in 2020 when things were tough, you know, where did I find my purpose, my passion? I said to this person, you know what, when things are, are difficult, when, when we couldn't launch in a theater on Easter in 2020, all it took was for me to drive down Leon Avenue and park in front of my house, my old house. <laughs> I was born and raised in Kelowna. On 816 Leon Avenue was where my mom and I lived. And for me, that's the passion. That's like the, the drive where I realized that for me and my, and my mom, we didn't know Jesus. I didn't know Jesus. I was just an ordinary kid who loved going to Gyro Beach and playing soccer and spending winters at Big White with my dad, my stepbrother, and my stepmom. Like, I'm as an ordinary kid in Kelowna, but here's the thing. In, 
in Kelowna, when I lived in Kelowna as a kid, I knew no one who was a Christian. I never went to a church. I think there's thousands upon thousands of people who don't know Jesus in Kelowna. That's what we're passionate about, but it gets asking the question about you. Like, what are you passionate about? See, often our passions lead to our purpose. See, often the things we're passionate about are the things that we prioritize time to do, the things that we, you know, put money aside to save towards. Like, if your passion is traveling, right, it becomes your purpose. It becomes the thing that you and your spouse are defined by or the things that, if it's recreation, right, you save money to, to get students past at Big White, to go cross-country skiing, to have a boat on the lake, to have a lakefront property. Our passion always leads to our purpose. But I think for you and for I, it talks about when, when we find our, ourselves, our identity is in Christ, what does that passion look like? What are we consumed by? When you look back on 2020, what were you consumed by? What were your, your escapist behaviors? I was shoveling snow with someone just recently, and they said, you know, 2020 taught me a lot of lessons about my life, about how all the things I thought were valuable, the things that I thought I desired, my traveling, my lifestyle was all stripped away in 2020. See, it shows the things that we're passionate about. But it shows the things that we're passionate about that led to our purpose. I want to talk today about about live free, but also about discipleship. There's an account in Matthew's Gospel, in Matthew 28, which is a very famous passage. I bet you've heard it. It's 16 to 20, and it's called the Great Commission. And I remember reading this passage as as a teenager. I became a Christian in grade 10 in a small town called Cornell. And I heard this passage for the first time, and I was like, man, I need to make disciples of people in my school. I need to, to reach my friends. I need to reach people in brand new ways. Because this is a command of Christ. And here's what it says here in Matthew's Gospel. Verse 16 says, The eleven disciples traveled to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Jesus came near and said to them, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you. And remember, I will, I'm always with you to the end of the age. See, this this passage, I think, shows the purpose of every Christian, the purpose of every disciple. Somewhere down the line that we've actually found ourselves where, you know, as a a Christian or um, as someone who follows Jesus, right, we we can be a fan of Jesus or we can follow him, but when it comes to look like a disciple, to be a pupil, to be a learner, someone who's an apprentice of Christ, that actually when you look at people around you, you're like, how can I help other people point them to Jesus? I remember once I was in Salmon Arm. I first moved to Salmon Arm. And I'm really passionate, I've always been passionate about disciple making. And this, my one coworker, I said, I want you to disciple this person. And he was like, ah, I can't do that. 
And I was like, okay. And so I'm like, gave it weeks and weeks. And I was like, hey, I want you to go and take this person out and talk about the gospel and talk about, pray for them and their spiritual life, all those things. Remind them of how Christ is working. And he's like, I can't do that. And I was like, like what do you mean you can't do that? And he's like, well, he's like, you know, like we're in youth ministry. And he's like, their parents aren't going to want their kids to be like me. They're not going to want to be tattooed. They're not going to want to be rough like me. Like, I was like, hey, well, hold on here. I'm not saying that you need to make mini clones of yourself. I, I think discipleship is pointing people constantly, reminding them of the gospel and pointing them back to Jesus. But it gets to the purpose of us. The purpose of people find their, their lives in Christ. I love my friend. My, you think about the purpose of a Christian life that so often one of my friends and would always say, what's the bottom line? The, the bottom line, if you have put your faith and trust in Jesus, is that you, if you have a pulse, <laughs> what it means is that you and I have a mission. We have a purpose. We have a passion. And it's people. Because when God looked at his disciples, he said it wasn't just good enough for them just to be the 12, the 11 at that moment. He said, actually, I want you to make disciples. That's our passion. Dallas Willard in his book, there's a great kind of theologian the great, in his book called The Great Omission. Here's what he says, which I think is very telling for us in 2021 about the purpose and passion of a Christian. He says, the greatest issue facing the world today, just think about this for a second, the greatest issue facing the world today with all its heartbreaking needs is whether those who by profession or culture are identified as Christians will become disciples, students, apprentices, practitioners of Jesus Christ, steadily learning from him how to live the life of the kingdom of the heavens into every corner of human existence. See, what does it look like for you and I to live the life of the kingdom of the heavens into every corner of human existence? What does it look like to bring the kingdom of God into every little area of Kelowna? I think it looks like a couple things. The first thing is in this passage, it looks like knowing that Jesus has the authority. It says here that all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. What it's saying here is that really what he's kind of summing up, and, and Paul kind of emphasizes in Ephesians chapter 1, when Paul says that when God raised him from the dead, he seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realm, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion. See, when Jesus Christ was raised, he was seated at the right hand. Like if, I don't know about you, I've never seen a throne and people next to it. Right? If you watch the crown, you watch about the king and the queen, like, right? What happens if the person at the right hand was usually like the person of power? The right hand of the throne, first of all, is a place of royal power where, where that was executed. In other words, the prime minister was always at the right hand. If you were at the throne and there was a king, who would be at the right hand, the prime minister, the person who executed royal power? It was the place 
of rule. What Jesus is saying here is, all authority has been given to me. What he's saying to you and I is, I'm at the place of ruling. I'm at the place of favor. I'm your representative. I'm your Lord. I'm your brother. I'm your friend. I'm your king. And this is where I'm at. See, when, you, when we grasp that, it, understand, it gives us purpose and passion to the degree where you can walk through life with confidence and a sense of fearlessness because Christ has the authority. It's in his authority that we're reaching Kelowna. That he knows every person's name. He knows when they took their first breath and he knows when they took their last breath. That's the first thing we learn here is that Jesus is the authority. He's at the right hand of the throne of the universe. The second thing is it gives us a sense of purpose. It says, go therefore make disciples of all nations. Right? What it says here that there's a purpose behind every single Christian. And it's going, therefore, in what Christ has done. It's the resurrection. It's not about living a moralistic life or a, or a better life. It's living a resurrected life, a life full of power like Christ has. Freedom found ultimately in knowing Jesus. What he's saying here is that when you go make disciples, I will be with you. I'm present in the ministry of the gospel. And the gospel, very simply, is that we were sinful, broken people and that we needed Jesus Christ to live and die and rise again so we could be redeemed and restored. We could have life in life to the full, as John 10.10 10 says. It says, you'll give you a purpose, but also it makes us obedient. It says, baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you. Right? It really moves on and says, what it looks like to make disciples is people to be marked, marked by Jesus. Right? That's why for us, we're Baptists, but we baptize people. Right? When they have a profession of faith, when they say, you know what? My identity is found in Jesus. The symbolism of being buried in his death and then raised in his resurrection for us is people marked for a mission. See, when you, when people take the gospel of Jesus, the accounts of his life, the words of, the accounts of his words, his works, what he taught, preached, you know, think about us, for us, we realize that Christ is the one doing the work and we get to be a part of that. We're, but we're obedient to that. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 17, Paul says to the, the Ephesian Christians, and he says to us, he says, you know how you were converted. Christ came and preached peace to you who were far and to you who were near. See, how can Paul say that when Jesus was never in Ephesus? He never came to Asia Minor. He never came to the place where Paul was was writing these letters. He never physically was there. But how can you say Christ came to you? But Jesus, what he's saying here is that because I'm resurrected, I want you to know that you'll not just know me doctrinally. You'll not just know me in your head, but I actually want you to follow me. 
be obedient to me. See, he's not just saying is that you're not just to know me practically. That you will not just know me by trying to follow my commandments in a general sense, but what he's trying to say here is that because I'm resurrected, there's spiritual intimacy. There's spiritual intimacy through the word, through my gospel, through the counts of my life. That sometimes Christ is going to come to us when you're reading, listening, hearing, and reflecting. And Jesus will make himself real to you. That's how you know you find, that's how you find the resurrected Christ. And it's the ministry of the gospel. That he comes to you and he comes to I. So you may say, well, I know I'm a Christian, but if you're a Christian, why do you need to know that Christ is coming to you? See, I think for us, so often in the last year, it's so easy to, to move on from escapist tendencies, but when you look at my Bible reading or scripture memorization or meditation on the Word, I would hope that as Christ is coming to you every day, that I need the gospel every day. I need Jesus every day. That we wouldn't just like in the morning just rip past our Bible or spend five minutes as like a, a way to hopefully get a blessing out of God that day. But I think we're realizing that, that Christ ministered the gospel to us. Wherever you're at, whether that's in Kelowna, whether that's for me when I was in grade 10 in Cornell, whether it's Salmon Arm, wherever it is, it means that Christ is pursuing you just like he is pursuing other people. Like you might be the only version of the Bible people ever read. And let's point people always back to Jesus. See, if you're not a Christian, you know, you got to approach Jesus not as a, a rational, cognitive thing, but you need to sit down with the Scriptures, sit down with the Bible, look at Mark's Gospel. We're going to go through Acts. You can go through Acts also. And you can say, God, I don't know if you're there or not. I don't know if you're real or not. But if you are real, show yourself to me. I remember in my room in Cornell, finally having Christian friends, people who love so radically different than anyone else. Going to church for the first time, thinking I was going to like be called out by the preacher, sweating buckets. I remember in my room going, God, if you're real, show yourself to me. And he showed up. You see, just as God showed up in your life, he wants to show up in other people's lives and it looks like you being obedient to Christ right now. Spending time with him. The last thing is being reminded who is there at the end. You know, I think a lot of people in 2021, when you're doing like um, New Year's resolutions, so often people say, well, you have to start with the end in mind, right? At the end, December 31st, in 2021, what is the thing that you want to be known for, you want to do? 
right? So if you want to run a marathon, right, just start with the end in mind to get to that first little bit. If you want to read X amount of books this year, you have to think with what's the end goal. It's not just reading a book a week. Maybe it's whatever your goal is, you have to think with the end in mind. But here's what Jesus is saying to his disciples. And there's some assurance here. It says, remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. See, where is Jesus? Right? He says, I'm going to be with you even to the end because I'm going to be there. See, where is Jesus? He's risen. He's at the end of the world. What Jesus Christ is saying here is that when the end of history is here, I will be there because I'm risen from the dead. I'm the world's happy ending. You see, I think we need to be constantly reminded, I need to be constantly reminded of who's in control. I had a friend who reminded me all year last year that Christ was never surprised by 2020. He was never surprised by a pandemic. He's not going to be surprised by what happens in 2021. He's not going to be surprised because he's already at the end. But he says, I am going to be with you. I'm never going to leave you or forsake you. But it gets back to the point. What gives us purpose? Like, what are we passionate about? And for Live Free, we're passionate about people, about reaching people. Because what God's saying here, Jesus is saying here in the Great Commission, his last words to the disciples in the end of Matthew's Gospel is, do something, make disciples, love people. If you go to our website, you can see that there's kind of three things that we're really passionate about as a church. Three things that, as long as we're in Kelowna, planting churches, starting up churches, I think they're, when I tell people about, in Kelowna about, when they're like, well, isn't enough churches in Kelowna? Like, there's 85 churches in Kelowna. Like, imagine if every single person wanted to show up to a church on a Sunday morning. There's definitely not enough space that we could plant five churches in Kelowna and it still wouldn't be a, a dent in what we could do in this city. But what we're passionate about is people. And we have these three kind of pillars. The first one is the gospel, that we believe that God redeems us through the life and death and resurrection of Jesus. That we're a people changed by this message. It affects the way we live and work and play. For us, it's not about moralism or fundamentalism or religiosity. It's not. We're about the gospel. That's it. Like, our faith isn't something we achieve, but we receive through Christ. And that's what we want people to be reminded of all the time. But I think for some reason, Christianity's focused on these moral monster moments where people say, well, you know what? I don't want to be baptized because I'm not good enough yet. We've made these like rankings in our minds, but the gospel is saying here is that, yeah, you weren't good enough. Christ was, and that's why you're saved. It's not by your good deeds. It's by what Christ has done for you. That's the first thing, the gospel. Second thing is the city. We're for Kelowna, that we believe the city has the, the potential for human flourishing and human idolatry. It means that we make things, the ultimate things in our lives, the things that we daydream about. 
that we ministered using the gospel to both redeem and restore the culture that we live in. Like, I don't know what it is about Kelowna. Maybe there is a lot of affluence. Maybe there's a lot of wealth. But this city has a lot of prosperity. I think it filters into our church. The church doesn't want to say things like, we're sinful, broken people in need of a Savior. They say, oh, actually, no, you're good enough. Like I heard one time this person talking about the, and this shows, I think, just the, the condition of idolatry in Kelowna. That someone said, you know what? Jesus Christ was so rich that he did his own tax collector. And I was like, what? Like, what do you do with the fact that Jesus had nowhere to live? He was homeless for his ministry life. He died on the cross alone. His disciples were all martyred for their faith. Like, to me, that doesn't look very prosperous. We look at Christ's life. He started with 12 disciples and ends up with 11. But for us, we're passionate about people. We're passionate about seeing people be free in the gospel. Free in Christ. But it looks like exposing and calling out, pointing out, human idolatry that we have, things that, that we make. Like our hearts are idol factories. Tim Keller says that. Like I believe that anytime when I look at what's at the heart of my motivation, my passions, a lot of times, if it's not Jesus, it's, it's idolatry. The last thing we have for us as a purpose as a Liberty church is gospel city and last one is movement. That we're a church on mission to reach as many people possible at all costs. That our message is the gospel that is contextualized to those that live and work and play alongside us. It's seeing the movement of God at work in the city at all costs. It's seeing you bring Jesus to your neighborhood. That we were remembered at Christmas that, that God became flesh and blood and moved the neighborhood, but you live in that neighborhood as a Christian, that you need to make disciples where you live. Get to know your neighbors. Get to know your coworkers. Share the hope that you have in Christ with these people. That's our purpose, our passion as a church. But it gets us asked the question, when people ask us, well, how can we be part of Live Free Church? How can we be part of, of what we're doing in, in Kelowna in 2021? And I always tell people, when we first started this movement a year and a half ago, we asked people these three things and we'll ask them again. It means praying for people. It means praying for us. I think prayer exposes the heart. It exposes whether we care about people or not, whether we care about disciple-making or not. Pray for your neighbors. Pray for coworkers who don't know Christ yet. Pray for a church that wants to be on mission, that wants to be a movement, that wants to bring Jesus into Rutland, into Lake Country, into downtown, into Glenmore, into Mission, into Upper Mission, into West Kelowna. See, prayer is the work of this church. We're not just praying for the work that we need people praying for us all the time.
We need people not just praying for us as a church, but we need people praying for those who don't know Christ yet. The second thing is you can join us. Maybe you're someone who's been burned out in religion. Maybe you've, you've been a moral monster your whole life. You feel like you've never measured up. You can look at our church and say that we are so deeply affected by the gospel, about Christ's life, that's something that we don't achieve, but we just receive. Maybe it looks like you actually joining a community group this year. It looks like you being a part of a team when we launch a physical service in a theater or whatever location we can find. But that you're a part of it, not just attending it. That you're making disciples where you're at. We have a whole discipleship plan that we'll unroll this year that we've worked on. Dave has worked on kind of about a year ago. And we feel like discipleship isn't something that I do or something that the church does, but that you do. Spurgeon, a great Baptist preacher, he said this amazing thing about his church, talking about, about people's commitments around this passage. And he says, as a church member, you cannot sit there and say, my church does this. My church makes disciples. What he's saying here is that when you go home and you look at yourself in the mirror and say, do I do this? Is this something I'm passionate about? He said, Spurgeon said in this sermon, in this passage, says that, that when, I, when I open my pocketbook and I look at it and I say, I say, I spend this much money on missions, on taking Jesus to the corners of London where he's at. I, I give this much money, but actually I spend this much money on other things which are of no value at all. He says, you should, as a Christian, you should look at that little bit and say, actually, how could I grow that every year to be more and more generous? But how could I be a part of the movement? So you pray for us, you can join us, and then you can support us. That we believe that free people are generous. And it's not just to do with money, it's everything you own. Generous with your house. Generous with your time, your talents, your treasure. One thing I was so, so hit by when I first moved to Kelowna, we moved here, 12 people moved here with us from Salmon Arm. These people moved here from Salmon Arm to Kelowna to be part of what we're doing, to be a church in pursuit of the unchurched. They give time, money, resources. People said, hey, you know what? I would love to be on the soundboard every week for years. It's like, you would? Really? Awesome. <laughs> Someone's like, I would love to make coffee every week for people when they come into a theater. Great, that's amazing. Like generosity, when Christ is talking about a lot of times it's affected, talking about money. But for us, it's talking about everything. I would love for us this year, just like every year, is to be a church on mission in Kelowna, bringing the kingdom of God to every corner of Kelowna. And I'd love for you to join us. Let's pray. God, thank you for how you're working in our lives. 
I think about this year and how we've wandered. How this past year in, in 2020, what a crazy year it's been. But Lord, I think that you were not surprised by it. Lord, that we would we have would I have passion and purpose this year to make disciples, to see people point them to you, Jesus. As a church, we'll be able to invite people to be part of this movement. That you know everyone in Kelowna by name. You know their first breath and you know their last breath. God, help us to live every day this year on, pur- on mission and purposeful for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening today. Please subscribe to our podcast. Share with your friends. We would love for you to join our movement. All you have to do is go to livefree.church to join us.